Welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast with your host who put the nut in health nut, William Mitchell. Hello and welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast. I'm your host, William Mitchell. Last week, I started a series on why should I exercise even if I don't really want to. And last week, we discussed some of the just overall benefits that exercise will give you. This week, I want to concentrate on the overall health benefits of exercise. Now, you'll notice one of the things I'm not going to mention in this is weight loss or maintaining a healthy weight balance. I will get to that as one of the topics in this series, but that's not going to be during this particular podcast. In doing the research for this podcast, I found out that there were over 100,000 different studies that showed a positive correlation between exercise and your health. Now, obviously, I did not read all 100,000 of those studies, but I did read several and I did read quite a few that were synopses of a variety of those. It was interesting, in the 5th century B.C., Hippocrates stated, All parts of the body, if used in moderation and exercised in labors to which each is accustomed, become thereby healthy and well-developed and age slowly. But if they are unused and left idle, they become liable to disease, defective in growth, and they age quickly. So exercise being good for you and helping you live longer is not a new concept. We knew about it in the 5th century BC. So we fast forward to now we've got some scientific data about it. And one reason it matters so much is up until recently, only the very, very wealthy had the opportunity to do nothing. The rest of the world had to get up and go to work, and it was mainly physical labor. However, with the Industrial Revolution, we don't have to work nearly as hard. Now, I'm not saying your job's not difficult. I'm saying that most of you don't go out and pick up heavy things and carry them around. Um, and when we get home, you know, instead of having to scrub dishes by hand, most of us have a dishwasher. A lot of us have a Roomba. We've got all these things that are saving us energy are also allowing us to be sedentary and allowing our health to decline. And this matters because inside your body, there are thousands of different chemicals that allow the different cells of your body to communicate with each other. And there's a whole bunch of these that are produced in your muscles as you move your muscles that tell other muscles that you're being active. So if you're active in one part of your body, the chemicals go throughout the entire body and say, hey, you know, because I'm being active, we need a better way to transport oxygen. So we need the lungs to be more profuse. We need more red blood cells. We need more capillaries. We need squishier uh, blood vessels, ones that are not hardened. We don't have hardening of the arteries. Then it also says, well, we need to be able to burn this better. We need to get the more mitochondria. We need to get more chemicals that allow us to break down fat. We need to be more efficient in digesting the food. Because we're going to be more active, we need better joints. We need more flexible joints. We need more flexible tendons. We need less um, inflammation in the joints. We need uh, more cartilage in the joints. And all of this stuff is built up because you're being active. Well, if you don't 
if you're not active and these chemicals aren't circulating through your blood, your body says, huh, we don't need any of that stuff. Doesn't matter if the arteries are hard or not. We don't need that much oxygen. It doesn't matter if you're really that uh, good at digesting food. You can just go ahead and send it all to become fat. You can, et cetera, et cetera, because your body says we're not that healthy anyway. It doesn't matter. Earlier this month, Cold Springs Harbor uh, produced a list of 40 different conditions that exercise would improve. I'm just going to give you a little uh, short list of them. Aging, balance, constipation, depression, high blood pressure, pain, rheumatoid arthritis, stroke, tendon stiffness, and type 2 diabetes. Now, that wasn't 40 things, obviously. That was just a, a best of list. And we're going to actually look at a few of those. As far as the longevity, there's a study done that said that regular physical activity extends life expectancy by about seven years. And they went back and said, okay, well, some of these people, because they exercise regularly, they also did a lot of other things that were good for their health. So they took out the, the health protective benefits of those other things that were good for your health, like a better diet and everything, and found out that it was really about four years that you added to your life just by exercising on a regular basis, which I thought was pretty good. It was also found that for every one point, you increase your exercise capacity, and, and the way they figured exercise capacity would be a long, very boring podcast. Just say for every one point they increase it, you reduce your chance of dying by 12%. Now, eventually the percentages are going to catch up with you. You can't just exercise so much that you live forever, but it does cut down on your chance of dying prematurely. It also increases your quality of life. It was found that if you start when you're somewhat younger, middle age or whatever, and you exercise on a regular basis, that by the time you are aged, your exercise capacity will be that of someone 40 years younger than you are. So if you can get around and do things like someone 40 years younger, that's a really good benefit. They also found that by age 65, 18%, that's nearly one in five people, needed help with one or more of their activities of daily living. And as your age increases, the number of activities of daily living that you need help with go up. However, with a strength training program added, the number of activities daily living that you needed help with went down dramatically. Exercise reduces your risk of 13 different cancers, and it's been proven effective against the recurrence of breast cancer, colon cancer, and prostate cancer. So if you want to reduce your chances of cancer, you need to exercise. It has also been found that your exercise capacity has a better chance of predicting whether you're going to have a cardiovascular event like a heart attack or a stroke more than all of the other established uh, factors put together. Well, also, we've got a lot of other diseases, not just heart disease, type 2 diabetes. In 2012, 9% of the U.S. population, or 29 million people, had type 2 diabetes. It was found that in pre-diabetes cases, if you exercised alone, it reduced it by four, reduced your chance of becoming a diabetic by 46%. If you just did diet alone, it was 31%. And if you did both of them, it was 58%. There was a study that was being done in the United States that they had to stop it after two and a half years because it was considered cruel and unhealthy for the control group. And the control group is the one that doesn't do the exercise because they'd found a 58% reduction in the chance of becoming a diabetic 
just by following an exercise routine. And parenthetically, I'm going to add that it was only a 31% reduction in symptoms by taking metformin. Okay, so exercise is good for you physically, but I still don't want to. What else can you tell me? Well, what about your mental health? Studies have shown improvement in cognitive health, in your depression, in your anxiety, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, and drug addiction just by exercising. One of the main things, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast, is brain-derived neurotrophic factor. After one bout of exercise, it can cause the growth of one million new brain connections, and that can improve a lot of cognitive function. Now, it was found that people who have a low exercise capacity, and by low exercise capacity, I mean people who are out of shape. Those who have a low exercise capacity are 73% more likely to develop depression than those who have a high exercise capacity. And when it comes to depression, exercise was compared to the different pharmacological, that's easy for me to say, pharmacological treatments for depression and found to be equal to or better than the pharmacological treatments with no negative side effects. However, quick disclaimer here, if you're on pharmacological treatments for depression, if you start using exercise to treat, treat it, make sure that you talk to your doctor before you change any of your medication. Don't change medication because you heard it on a podcast. So bottom line is, if you want to have a longer, happier, healthier life, you need to exercise more, and that will make your fitness just a little bit funner. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If I've said anything that you thought was enjoyable or worth sharing, Please refer this to a friend so that they can have more fun in their fitness journey. Also, please remember to subscribe and like the podcast. As always, I'd like to thank One Accord for the bumper music and Paul Sink for the great intro work. And I hope you'll join us next week as we try to make fitness funner.